everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's Minute 18, which opens with Amanda's yearbook photo. Yes. And goes on through Kenny peacocking in the mirror to Smash Mouth's I Can't Get Enough of You Baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got some music in this one. We've got some new people in this one. Yeah. May I talk to you about Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yes, I would love to hear about Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, perfect. Okay. So she is the top billed person on IMDb for this movie. Okay. So it felt really nice to finally uh, get that clicked on hyperlink color uh, for the (laughs) top build. When I'm looking at other people's credits, I'm like always sort of looking for the I've already clicked on this thing in the credits because as we've mentioned, everyone's been on every show everyone else has been on. Yes. Her top, her top three, uh, she played Julie James in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. If you had been creepily on the phone threatening someone that I loved and told me, name the person that she played, her character's name on I Know What You Did Last Summer, um, my loved one would be in big trouble because I yeah. couldn't have pulled Julie James out of a hat. You could have given me four choices and I would have had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, no, same. (laughs) And I've seen that movie and read the book multiple times. Could not have told you what that character's name was. I feel like I have more of a memory of, um, I still know what you did last summer, weirdly. Isn't that the one where they win a trip? I don't know. I feel like they, I feel like they win a trip and then it turns out that the, the hook man is the person that called them and said, Hey, you've won a trip. Oh, which is really weird. I don't know if I ever saw that one. (laughs) Uh, it has uh, Brandy and Mackay Pfeiffer are in it. That does sound familiar. I don't know. I don't remember the circumstances of it. Ryan Philippi and Freddie Prince Jr. Are in the first one? I think so, yeah. And Sarah Michelle Geller. And Sarah Michelle Geller, yeah. Yeah. So uh, her, her second part of her top three is she played Del Blaine in the Jackie Chan movie The Tuxedo. Okay. And then I wrote she co-starred in the movie Heartbreakers with Sigourney Weaver because in that movie she fakes identities so it had like character name after character name, even though she's oh. playing the same character. So it was like she played this person who was also called this and this and this and this. So got I, it. I just okay. Didn't want to do that. Jennifer Love Hewitt appears to be the the queen of like two seasons of shows. Okay. She was on thirty seven episodes of Nine One One, which I think is still on. She may still be on that. Which I think is is Peter Krause in Nine One One. That sounds familiar. I'm going to, you know what Peter Krause is on, of course. A lot of things. But especially Six Feet Under. Ah, yes. I know I know him from Parenthood. Oh, fair. And, and, and other things, but I also know him as Lauren Graham's boyfriend. Right, right, right. Uh, she was also on 23 episodes of Criminal Minds. Okay. Um, she was on 25 episodes of The Client List, which was where she plays a madam, I believe, is what oh. the premise of that show was. Okay. Um. She was on 107 episodes of Ghost Whisperer, which is uh, sort of like Medium in yeah. almost every single way. Like, it's basically Medium, but with yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> she was in Garfield and Garfield, A Tale of Two City. Uh, I'm so sorry. I apologize to the franchise of Garfield. Garfield and, a Gar- and Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties mm-hmm. with Breck and Meyer. She was in 20 episodes of Time of Your Life. Which I was like, ooh, Time of Your Life. That sounds like a TV show about time travel. Nope. It's a Green Day reference. It was a Party of Five spinoff. Oh. Um, which I didn't know happened. No, <laughs> yeah, no. I didn't know that either. <laughs> what music video was she in? Besides her own. Um, sure. She was in LFO's Girl on TV video. 
She was also in the Can't Get Enough of You Baby music video for this movie. Um, she was in 100 episodes of Party of Five. Uh, I imagined a scene where she gets to, she films episode 100 and she's like, give me my spinoff or I'm off the show. And they're like, okay. Um, <laughs> but that, that paints her in a really weird light and I'm not sure where I'm getting it from. Yeah. She was in the movie Trojan War uh, where um, was it, that guy... Was it- that was a movie about a guy trying to get a condom so he get could get condom. laid, right? I think by Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't um, remember who the guy was. Or she was the friend. Hold on. It was. It's. It's the older brother from. Uh, from Boy Meets World. Oh right, right, right. Um, whose name is not Eric Foreman. That was. Nope. Because I really wanted to be. And first I can't of all, think... first of all, Eric Foreman was that '70s show. Right. Second of all. <laughs> Eric was the character on Boy Meets World, not... We, it was Eric Matthews was the character on right. Boy Meets World, played Will by... Will Friedel. Will Friedel. Right. I was about um, to hey, pull Will out, but I couldn't... I, my next was going to be Will Ferrell. So right. thank you for getting there <laughs> before I did. Well, um, this movie also has Jennifer Love Hewitt, and uh, also Eric Balfour is in this movie. Oh, so. Okay. And hold on, I just need to see uh, the... Pl- oh, I did. I clicked on the wrong thing. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. This isn't important, but it is important that I know if she is the one who he is trying to get laid with or if she is the friend. I think she is the friend. And I think Marley Shelton is the person he's trying to, to get laid. Yes, the, based on the, the cover of it, she is the she is the one that he is trying to get sleep with. Okay. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt is the best friend who has always had a crush on him and is also gorgeous, but, you know, he doesn't really notice because she's always been there. Yep. Classic story. And he, she was also in the movie House Arrest, which was a weirdly important movie to me, um, where the kids lock their parents in a basement and then um, achieve their dreams. I'm pretty sure that was the, the plot of that movie. Okay. And then, of course, she was in Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, 35 episodes of Kids Incorporated, and she released four albums between 1992 and 2002. Solo albums? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if one of them was like the Kids Incorporated album or something. Nope. Nope. Yeah, there was a solo album. The solo albums, the 1995, her sophomore release was Let's Go Bang. Um, oh. Which. That's a title. It seems like maybe she wasn't entirely old enough to have a something called that. It's. It took me a second to realize it also means like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make this noise. But it doesn't yeah. sound like it does at all. So um, yeah. uh, some trivia. She was offered a role on Charmed uh, to take over <laughs> Shannon Doherty's place, but she turned it down in 2001. Um, she is... Now, I put this in quotes because I don't believe this is true in any way, shape, or form. She is best known for her role as Robin on Kids Incorporated. No. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not in any way correct. Jennifer started out as the youngest cast member of Kids Incorporated. Um, and my third piece of trivia is the one that everyone is... Assuming I'm going to say she is rumored to be the inspiration of John Mayer's song "Your Body Is a Wonderland," so I don't think I knew that. Yeah, whenever I whenever he says your bubblegum tongue, I I'm like, huh. Well, that's Jennifer Love Hewitt's tongue. So that's that's the rumor in any way. In any case, gross. Now, if John Mayer would just uh, put her name in the song like Taylor Swift, did he learn nothing from their relationship? Then we'd know. To be fair. Uh, he dated Taylor Swift af- well after that song came out. Fair. All right, fine, fine. We'll give it to him. We'll give so it to no, him. he learned nothing from their relationship that would affect the song that he wrote 10 years prior. <laughs> Although it'd be funny if Taylor Swift was like, it's about who? Oh, you could just write songs about people that you dated? Huh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sure. That is all I have for Jennifer Love Hewitt, but she walks into a song uh, by the Sneaker Pimps uh, called Six Underground, but it is the Umbrellas of Ladywell mix number two. Uh, okay. The specific remix of that song, uh, Sneaker Pimps were a British trip-hop band um, that I mostly know They were for this song, and then they were also on the Spawn soundtrack uh, with someone else. What is trip-hop? So it's like uh, hip-hop in that it has DJ scratches and stuff like that, but it is uh, more trippy because it sort of has mel- off, mellow, often female vocals. Um, okay. It's very sort of like chill. There are other bands that were trip hop that I can think of. Uh, Mazzy Star, who did Fade Into You. I don't know if you know that song. I've um, heard of the band. I yeah. probably have heard the song, but not to recognize it. Portishead is the name of another band that is a trip hop band. Um, it's a pretty cool genre. I have also heard of that band. I would yeah. not recognize them that right. they were playing. Um, sort of like uh, DJ Scratches, but not rapping, more sort of uh, ethereal okay. singing. Um, Interesting. So this was the um, the original version of the song was the third single from their debut album, which was called Becoming X. And this remix was on a release of, of remixes of this song from 1997 when this song was released to the U.S. and re-released in the U.K. Okay. So that is uh, what I have about everything before we talk about the yearbook photo. Okay. Well, Amanda Beckett was a cheerleader mm-hmm. who was also homecoming queen. Junior prom queen and senior prom queen. Mm-hmm. Her plans for the future are undecided. Plot. Plot. And her senior quote is, I'd rather see the world from another angle, which is from a song by Jewel that I did not look up the name of because I have, I, I'm drawing a blank. I'm like, it's not the, it's not you were meant for me. It's the other one from Pieces of Me. Pieces of You. Pieces, of, Pieces of Me is, is the Ashley Simpson song. That's right. Not as good an album as the Jewel song. <laughs> right. It, it's not from uh, You Were Meant For Me. It's not from Who Will Save Your Soul. It is from a song that I always forget Jewel did, and I certainly didn't know it was from this album, even though I had this album. It's from I'm Sensitive. That's right. It's the it's like the the third to last song or third to last line of I'm sensitive. Um, yeah, which I almost pasted the entire line from because it sort of felt like a good encapsulation of Amanda Beckett's character, but then I didn't because I was like, no, move on. You have so much. <laughs> it's it's a it's a really good quote for this character. Yeah, yes. like kind of that whole song could be Amanda's theme song. Yeah, I think it's interesting how they've done these senior quotes, which is if you know the source and you know what it is that they're quoting, Mm -hmm. it feels appropriate. But also, if you just recognize that Jewel is a female singer, singer songwriter, sort of folky kind of Lilith fairy sort of situation that tells you stuff about Amanda too yeah. and like Tupac and Thoreau and all these you know all the people that we've seen so far so Amanda walks into the party everybody's staring at her just just everybody is staring at her uh-huh it's so awkward yes she walks past Preston and Denise and Preston <laughs> kind of like opens his mouth to say something but doesn't and she walks past and Denise goes well, I think you made a real connection. <laughs> Which is, 
So the more and more we watch this, the more and more I feel like in the Sliding Doors alternate universe, I know I've already said this, but like they are very much like you and I in that it's like a heart eyes boy and like, (laughs) you're dumb. Like not in sort of a loving sort of way. Like, yes. Yeah. I think Denise is a lot more sarcastic and bitter than I think I was at that point. Right. But like, if you could, if you could take, you know, our high school relationship and and like mesh it with adult Aaron's sarcastic and bitter streak, (laughs) then I think you've got Denise. (laughs) I think, I think that's correct. Preston, it was almost cartoonish, like a Looney Tunes or Simpsons thing, the Mm -hmm. way he was like, eh. And then she just walks right by him and is like, okay, well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then my next note is Amanda's friends do that, are you okay thing? Yeah. That is something that, that sure do. is something <laughs> um and yeah so amanda says she goes over to her friends who are there with their boyfriends and mike and she says hi to mike kind of trying to what well, smooth things over she gives him kind of like a mike like kind of like a it's a little bit cold like it's, it's a, not it's, yeah i mean she's not being necessarily friendly but she's not right. ignoring him She's Correct. acknowledging that he's there. She's acknowledging that things are weird. Right. And he just gives her the douchiest look. Yeah. And so she rolls her eyes and walks away. And at that point, a Smash Mouth song comes on. Uh-huh. That song is called Can't Get Enough of You Baby, which we've already mentioned a couple of times, actually. Mm-hmm. It's actually a cover of a song from the 60s, which is another thing that we've already mentioned things being. Mm-hmm. Which it says, so on the, well... It's technically the first people to do it were the Four Seasons, Frankie Valli's group. Um, But the people that had the biggest hit with this song uh, is one of my favorite band names of all time, uh, which is Question Mark and the Mysterians. Okay. Which is stylized as a question mark and then and the Mysterians. It's such a 60s like freak out like this will get the, the, you know, the authority figures all riled up. It's so cool. It's the Oneaters. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's so it's so cool. Like, and it, his name was Mark. So like, question mark and the Mysterians is oh is really okay. Cool. Anyway, except if you don't know that, then you're just like, what is this name of this <laughs> <Yeah>. thing? <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, so that that their version of the song uh, peaked at number fifty six, and uh, they also did ninety six tears. Um, if you, I don't know if you know that song, no. it also has that dun 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 dun, like sort of the organ that this song also has. Um, the dun 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 Um, it also has that, which is why I could very much, very easily hear it as that old 60s song. Like, okay. It, 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 it's pretty, you can, it makes sense. It makes more sense that Question Mark and the Mysterians did it than the Four Seasons. They did it first. So they get credited on Astro Lounge, from which this was the first single. The next single was All Star. So, um, this, uh, but... They recorded it for this movie. Like, it was featured in this movie and on the soundtrack for this movie. And then they also used it as the lead single from their album that came out, uh, the next album, which was Astro Lounge. Okay. It peaked at number 30 on the Alternative Songs chart, number 8 in Canada, and number 14 in Australia. Uh, year end chart of 1998, it was 95 in Australia and 55 in Canada. Okay. So, uh, so Canada loves all the songs from this movie more than uh, Americans or Australians do. So that's just really the take home from this uh, from this episode. Okay. And my last note is Kenny is checking himself in the mirror 
and I forgot that this isn't like one a one pose sort of situation, but we'll we'll get to that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get to Kenny, I have um, as Amanda rolls her eyes and walks away, her friends declare that she looks destroyed. Yeah. And suicidal. Right. She doesn't. She looks annoyed and a little bit pissed off. <laughs> yeah. I, which, I would not. Fair. I would not say that she looks even upset. Right. <laughs> or hurt. She looks right. like she recognizes that she has, you know, just dodged a bullet on this one. Right. Jennifer Love Hewitt always, her face always seems much smaller to me than I remember it being. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's especially in this movie or what, but like, I've picked, I have a picture of Jennifer Love Hewitt in my head from like movie covers and TV promotions and stuff. And then she talks in this movie and I'm like, huh. She looks different than I remember her looking, but like... Yeah, so this movie is weird to me for her appearance because her hair is very big. It's like there's a lot of volume and it's also very, very long. Yeah. In a way that's all... Like it's... Frankly, it's too long for her face. It makes her face and neck look longer than they should. And the outfit that they have her wearing is like this little spaghetti strap tank top thing that reveals quite a bit of like shoulder and clavicle and cleavage. Yeah. Which also like adds to the appearance of like, there's so much like skin and upper body and the hair is so long that it's elongating all of it. It gives her kind of a giraffey look that I don't think I've seen her have in anything else. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Like her hair doesn't seem to have any like layers or anything in it. So it's just very long and straight, but it is like volumized. Right. Not like 80s big. It's just like she's got a lot of hair and it's, I don't know, it's 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 weird. It's almost like they teased it and then smoothed it to give it, yeah. to make it look like there's more than there is, but without making it look big. I don't know. It's very weird, but I've never liked what they did with her appearance in this movie. Yeah. And that uh, that explains it, actually. I didn't talk about how she's basically known for uh, having big boobs, like is one of the Jennifer Love Hewitt things. Yeah. I just wanted to say, I saw this from the first personal quote on her IMDb page is from a, a Playboy interview. Uh, she said, I just accepted them as a great accessory... Uh, slip. I just accepted them as a great accessory to every outfit. Uh, talking about her boobs. So That's fair. Yeah, I remember she got cast as Audrey Hepburn Yeah, in like a TV movie of Audrey Hepburn's life. And there was a lot of backlash about that one because right. Audrey Hepburn was kind of known for having a very waifish figure. Right. And Jennifer Love Hewitt is known for having the opposite of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't see the thing, so I don't know if she was any good. I can't picture her as, like, I saw... A, you know, fo- like photo stills and stuff from it. I can't picture her a- acting the role of Audrey Hepburn, but... I, she doesn't look like or sound or hold herself like Audrey Hepburn in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But weirdly, I can see what they were going for. Like, I can see, like, why that decision was made. Yes. She would... Like, I, I'm like, okay... Because Anne Hathaway wasn't a thing yet, so I feel like... <laughs> oh, see, I wouldn't put Anne Hathaway as Audrey Hepburn either. I mean, I probably wouldn't either, but I feel like Hollywood would. That's true. Like, I feel like 
there's a there's a sort of like grace to Anne Hathaway's persona at the very least that they would see as an Audrey Hepburnish sort of deal. But that and so I sort of, in sort of a similar way I can see why they did that with Jennifer Love Hewitt, even if I don't necessarily agree with it. Yeah, I think they were also capitalizing on her extreme popularity at the time. Because it was right around right. the time of this and I know what you did last summer and she was like the it teen girl. So yeah. 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 I don't have anything else for today, do you? I do not have anything else for for today. All right. Let's do some social media. Let's do some social media. We have a Twitter account for the podcast. It is at J-E underscore Minute Movies. Individually, I can be found at Unabashedly Aaron. And I can be found at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network, um, who, in addition to having just a bunch of podcasts to listen to, we also have a Twitch stream. It is Twitch, or I guess a Twitch channel. It is twitch.tv slash The Scavengers Network. We are streaming something pretty much every single day. So there is a very good chance that if you log in pretty much any evening during the week or weekend, you will find something to watch. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. Yeah. All right. Well, we have two more episodes. Yeah, we have two more episodes to record for this week. And we are going to go do that because, as we all know, time is honeys. Go hot dogs. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.